So this is week two our, of our mini-series, Habits. And we're only doing a three-weeker because it's to set us up for a, maybe a longer season that I'll talk about here in a moment that we're getting ready for. And this is what I found in two months out of the year, to me, are kind of almost reset months, almost transition months. I find that January, how many know we start a new year and some of you go like, I'm, you know, starting that new, that new health habit or exercise or whatever. And it's, it's sobering to know that 92% of us uh, don't make it to Valentine's Day on that, 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 that New Year's resolution. But I also find that, that September is kind of a reset month as well. We maybe got the vacations all done. We Kids are back to school. And I find even as our kids are older now and they're getting out of school that it's that school year that also gets us in a fall rhythm and, and fall patterns of what we're going to do in life. And I, so September is kind of that transition month to get us, get us going a little bit. And I, I, I also want to set us up to what we're going to be looking at here for this next season of healthy rhythms. And as you saw the, there is that that habits are these healthy rhythms. Habits are these, as we said last week, small little steps to take to move in a pattern of, of having healthy habits. And so some of you, I heard this last week going, hey, I'm eating healthier now, Dan. And, and I, I, that's great. You know, I, I was telling I'm trying to eat healthier as well. Obviously, physical health matters, but, but, but spiritual health, emotional health, there's lots of different things that we need to do to, to try to be healthy. But to do that, most importantly, is, is getting in a healthy pattern in, in Christ-centered community. So habits, even though it doesn't, just the title doesn't sound very inspiring, we know they affect us. Good or bad have affect really every aspect of our lives. This last week, I came across from Sean Covey, uh, this quote says, our habits make us or break us. We become what we repeatedly do. Isn't that true? As sobering as that is, what we do over and over, that becomes, that habit becomes, well, our, our lifestyle in life. It's hard to break, though, the, the bad habits and create the new ones, as we all know that. So last week we talked about, and we made an emphasis that, that initiating healthy habits starts with taking small steps. This week in devotional time, I, I found, and I was just reminded of a scripture, actually, I probably would have used it last week, where Zechariah says this, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. To start over in the small, to keep doing what we're doing. You're going, man, I did really good at the beginning of the week, and at the end of the week, I'm not so good in the habits I started. Guess what? You get a new week. Guess what? You get a new chance, a new opportunity. And as I challenged last week, big, take a big small step in the new habit is to start one. And, and one of the habits that we've saying, in fact, we got, a, we got it up this week, belonging, believing, becoming. Last week we talked about that we want to introduce or remind us of a wonderful habit to get into is, is the habit of belonging. The habit of belonging for us here at North Bay is through groups, through small groups. And people, you know, throughout the different seasons, like, and it usually is, January and September that we, we, we talk about getting involved in a small group. And I find for people, there's some that jump in and like the community and everything. There's some people that have resistance to that. And that might be you. And, and you're, you're here going, okay, Dan, here we go again. Small groups, small groups, small groups. But I find this is that the reason for groups is we are wired for belonging. We are wired for relationship. You, you go, I'm not really a people person. You are a person. 
And you need people in your life. I hate to tell you that. I know some are introverts, some are extroverts. People matter. And I, I, I was kind of a crude illustration last week. So about cutting your arm off. If you cut your arm off, your arm's not going to live. It's the same way in the body of Christ. If we cut ourselves off, if we isolate ourselves. We've lived in the last 18, 19, 20 months, whatever. People have been in isolation. Listen, if your church watching or church going, it's simply not enough. I find that some people say, well, I came to the church and some people were friendly, some people are not friendly, and I'm new, and all these people. And I want to remind those who are here and new, there's a lot of new people around here. If we look around a year ago compared to now, there's a lot of new people that are here. So if you're feeling new, there's, there's people next to you. What if a new person, another new person got to know each other? And to do that, you can't just do it watching, you can't just do it just coming and, and greeting one another and waving. It's through intentionality. Moving from, we talk about moving from rows to circles to do that in, in small groups. Building, take, building a relationship takes time and intentionality. So God does have so much more for us. And so as we're in this transitional month, we're getting ready to, and we encourage you toward inviting you and re-inviting you, moving from rows and screens to circles of a group. And to prepare us this next season, we're going to enter kind of what we call a season of discipleship. Now, following Jesus is a 365 days of the year, but we're putting emphasis in discipleship, getting into a group, getting, getting in this groove, and we're kind of, we're doing it kind of in three G's, gathering on Sunday morning, getting in a group, and then a growth guide. We're actually creating a growth guide, and it's going to pair with the series that we're going to be doing. The three things are connect with the series called Living in the Light, and we'll be starting that in October, going through the book of John living in the light. We, we live in a very dark world, and how many know it just gets darker physically each day as we move in the darker days. We don't have to live in the dark physical days in the dark. We can actually grow and develop and, and live in the light of God and be a light to others there. So I hope that you can be a part of that. If you are not signed up for a small group, you can put that in on your connection card as well as you can do that online. And uh, this week, Josh, Josh, our, our, our small groups director, he'll be back. He'll be married. Uh, you think he'll look different this next week? I think he'll, he'll have this glow about him, you know? You know that, that honeymoon glow. So he'll be back with us this, this next week, and he would love to connect with you and, and get you paired up in, in some groups here coming up here as we're doing. So back to our, our priority, and it really a belonging answers the one of three questions I, I posed to you last week that will continue to be our overall uh, emphasis this year, because I find that these three questions, we can ask them at 16 years old, at 60 years old, there really comes down to these three questions. And the question we have up there on the screen is, where do I fit? Where do I fit? Where do I find community? That habit of belonging, which we talked about a lot last week, and we'll continue well, to do that. And then, who am I? Our identity, my habit of believing, believing about myself, and a belief, more importantly, my belief in God. And then, why am I here? The purpose of my life. Again, you could, you could go through life, and you're in a season like, oh, this is what my life's about. And then you get to another season, and going. Now what? What do I do? We can do that at 16. We can do it at six years old. The habit of becoming. Last week we talked about belonging. Next week we're going to talk, or yeah, we talked about belonging. Next week we're going to talk about becoming. But today I want to talk about, I want to talk about believing as a habit. And it ties in with 
the belief ties in with habits. In fact, I was going to today unpack this idea of like how to have healthy habits and get in this rhythm. We're going to, next week we'll hit that, that last week. Don't, don't think we're not going to get to the place. Like how do I actually get in, in a rhythm of a healthy habit? But before we do that, I was reading this week, I came across this, this thought that I thought was so fundamental and it ties in with believing. It ties in with the fact that this is that, that the, the correlation between habits and belief. In a powerful book, it's actually called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. It, it, he basically says something we all really know. If you've gone through recovery, maybe in, in recovering from alcoholism or drug addiction or whatever kind of habit, addictive habits, what they found is, is many of them, what do, what do alcoholics anonymous do? They say, well, I, I look to a higher power. Right? I look to, I, 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 my life is unmanageable. I've got to look for help beyond myself. And ultimately, it's this higher power. And what many have found and studies have found, those who bring belief into the ingredient of reworking that, the habit loop actually turns into permanent behavior. And I think we already know this already, but that it's beyond us. We've got to believe beyond ourselves, beyond that we can just be stronger to one that can, can help us. In the book I introduced last week, Atomic Habits, James Clear found in his research that successful people that had been healthy and successful habits, the, the, the type of person was not just goal-oriented, but belief-oriented. He talks about, he called it identity-based habits over outcome-based habits. I am going to do this. This is my goal to accomplish. Nothing wrong with goals, but it's not just doing something, accomplishing something. It, it, it's all about who you are becoming. And, he, you, and back, back to identity. A classic example is he talked about, you know, people that want to quit smoking. And he said that he compared two people and if one has introduced a cigarette or to vape or whatever kind of smoke it was, he said, you know, the first person to deny it and say, you know, I, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to quit. And he says that, that works for a certain amount of time, but those people that say that in that way or go and live in that way aren't always that successful. He says the second person is more successful because they will say when they're offered a cigarette or a smoke or whatever it is, they will say, I am not a smoker. He says when a person comes to that conclusion of their identity of that former life, they were that way, now they're not, they no longer identify themselves with it and therefore it separates themselves from that addiction. And I think you probably know that already, but, but people who relapse, they, they have good goals, they have good plans, and when things fall apart, they revert back to where they were, not what they are becoming. He sums it up this way. It's hard to change your habits if you never change the underlying beliefs that lead you to your past behavior. You have a new goal, you have a new plan, but you haven't changed who you are. Now that's science and psychology and, and secular reading, if you could call it that. I think there's some good, but there's some really good advice there. In fact, that really good advice ties into the very nature of God and, and what he does, and that is transformation. That sounds like transformation. That sounds like what the Lord wants to do in our lives to, to change us from who we are, were and to who he wants us to be. And it's all wrapped up into belief. Now, some of you might go, 
well, you know, Dan, that's great. I don't, I don't have a smoking problem. Well, I don't either, okay? So brag about that, I guess. But I do have a problem, though, and I want to admit it to you. I have a sinning problem. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, you have a sinning problem? Now, if you're looking down upon me, guess what? Go ahead and read the Bible, and go ahead and read about a guy named Paul, uh, who wrote most of the New Testament. If you're looking down on me, you probably have to look down on him, because I'm going to read what we read last week, just to remind us where we are in our lives sometimes, and in the struggle that we have. He says this, I don't understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Oh, what a miserable person I am. There's a belief. There's an identity issue right there. He says, who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God. The answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank God, right? Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord, for the transformation that you've done in my life, but also the transformation you're still yet to do. There's more work to be done. Why? Because you have a sinning problem and I have a sinning problem. We want to, it's, we won't get sinless till heaven, but we want to sin less. I don't know about you, I want to sin less. And there's a process, there's a life and a lifestyle and a habits that I need to establish more and more in my life. And it comes back to this finding and understanding our true identity. Why do we struggle? I think we forget who we are. We have spiritual amnesia at times. So I want to put, put it this way when it comes to identity connected with healthy habits. Who you think you are will determine what you will do. I know that sounds really, really, really basic, but who you think you are will determine what you do. And how do you know who you are? God is the source. Listen, good theology leads to good methodology. If you don't understand God and you don't understand his character and you're not in his word and growing in that, you're going to have a tough time in knowing who you are and what you are to do. As much as the Bible is awesome and what it has, we have to actually open it up. We have to look and discover who God is and discover then who God says we are in order to do what God is wanting us to do. And another way to sum it up, it's we have to look at the who before the do. We get into the do. We get into, I'm going to do better. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to, and, and nothing wrong with good goals. In fact, next week we're going to talk about making sure what you need is not just good goals, but a good system to get to the goals. We're going to get there to that. But it first starts with who you are. Belief is so, so important. And we find this over and over in this pattern of scripture is this, that God calls people who, who tells himself and he reveals who he is. I am the God of Jehovah. I am the God of, you know, the universe. I am the creator. God will reveal himself to a person. And then next, he will then reveal to that person who they are. He will identify them and, and who they are and in their identity. And then he will tell them what he wants them to do. And there's so many, so many examples of this we could go through. But one of the ones I want to turn to this morning, it's one of my favorites, a go-to one is Gideon. Gideon. In Judges chapter 6, I want to turn to that. You can have it on screen or the Bible app. You, you can turn to scripture here. It says this, chapter 6 verse 1, it says that the, 
This is what it says in Judges, that Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. For seven years, he gave him in the hands of the Midianites. Now, just some context with that. As you see this pattern that happens in Scripture, Israel, like a lot of us, we're doing really, really good. Good habits of following the Lord and everything. And then things are going good. And then what happens, things get too good. You ever lived life where it's too good and you, you coast a little bit? And you're like, oh, I'm getting a little bit bored over here. I'm going to kind of veer over here. And God's like, don't do it. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't. Well, you went there. And so you go there and God's like, nope, that's not where I want you. So God disciplines those he loves. And so many times in Israel, there's a cycle of sin. And then he allowed armies and nations to come invade. And here it is again. The Midianites have, Midianites have control of Israel. Can I tell you this? That our bad habits hold us hostage that make us feel defeated. And that was really what was going on here. The Midianites were bullying the Israelites and they're living in a defeating time in history for them. But God sent a message, messenger angel to Gideon. And what you read in, in the next few verses is that he's threshing wheat on a wine press. Now, I'm not a farmer. Some of you, if you're not a farmer, threshing wheat, of course, nowadays we have combines. Is that how you say it? Combines? Uh, okay. Yeah, big machines that thresh your wheat, you know, separate the shaft and the kernels. And so back in the old days, the way they did that, you put it out in the open and maybe a, a, a slab of rock or something. And you just, you know, kind of shuffle the, the, the weed and then the shaft went one way and blew away. And you had little kernels of, of wheat. That's how they did it. You don't do it in a wine press because a wine press, you, you, you know, you get in there and they, don't they scrunch the... The, the juice for the, you know, for the wine, right? You don't, I don't want that to go all over. It's got to be contained. And so here he's, he's threshing wheat in, in like a little cave. Why is he doing that? He's afraid. And everybody, all of Israel's afraid because maybe they're going to come and steal your harvest or maybe they're going to, they're just bothering you and he's, he's hiding. I can't tell you many times in our own life that we, in our fear, we change our lives, don't we? We, we actually try to go a different way out of fear. We, we, we avoid certain people in certain situations. You don't have to raise your hand, but you're going in the grocery aisle and you're going down and you see someone, you're going, oh, I don't think I'm going to go down this aisle. Don't raise your hand if you've done that, okay? You avoided somebody. Some of us, out of fear or conflict, we don't want to deal with anybody. We, we pass off great opportunities, the fear of failing. Talk about habits. We do secretive things that we hide and we manage it. And we're, in fact, some of us are really, you, you might just find yourself very exhausted because you're living this double life. If, all, if people really found out what I'm doing, how embarrassing and shameful that will be. Well, the Bible says here, Gideon is doing this. And it says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Such a classic line that said to Gideon that many of us go back to, say, you know, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. No, he's a mighty wimp. He's, he's a scaredy cat. He's in a wine press. Doesn't look like a warrior. This, this is Gideon's response. Pardon me, Gideon replied. But if, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? There's the why question, the why we ask in life. Why am I going through what I'm going through? Why are you taking us through this? There's a question that's asked over and over and over and over again. Do that. It's an honest question. Nothing wrong with the why question, but it, it happens. And, and we find ourselves asking why. And, and we're going through, we're, we're scared, we're, we're kind of trapped in what we're doing. And, and then, God, you're allowing this stuff to happen. Why is this happening? And then someone, I don't know about you, you know, you're kind of down on yourself. Someone comes along and says, listen, brother, sister, you 
or a mighty warrior in Jesus? And you're like, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Someone who's trying to be helpful, trying to be spiritual to you, comes along. Let's just be honest. Sometimes you hear that like, I don't need to hear some Christian phrase, okay? It's hard, isn't it? And yet, that really is the reality of who we are. We, we need to figure out first who we are before anything can change in our life. And this, this belief is getting challenged, and it gets challenged when the sucky things are happening in life. The difficulties that we're going through, the struggles that we have. And we just go, God, when, when God comes, kind of reveals, Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Like, Lord, I don't even know where you are. I don't, you seem so distant. You seem so vague in my life or silent in my life. And, and I, I'm just struggling. There's some, there's some real honesty that Gideon has here. We can kind of get down on him. What a fearful guy. But let's be honest. He's honest. And we can, we can struggle as well. Well, listen to Gideon's response to this. Honestly, he's, honestly, he says this. Where are all his wonders? So he's speaking of God. Our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us in the hand of Midian. So Gideon kind of knows Israel's history, but maybe not. We do. We've got the whole Bible now to look at. And we're going, man, they messed up here, Gideon. And this is what led to it. How many of you know sometimes we have to have the, a broader perspective to go, oh, now that makes sense. Where, how did I get here? Last week talked about, like, how did I end up here? Well, we, we, we have amnesia. Like, we did this, this, and this that led to this. Can we blame God? Well, God allowed certain things to happen to teach us some lessons along the lines. Sometimes he just allows things to happen in our life that has nothing to do with us, that it just happens in there. And so he, getting in this honest with this, but it's this feeling of abandonment. And it, I know it's a victim response, but it's an honest response that he's struggling through. We can be honest too at times. God, I just feel this way. And, it's, and I love how the Lord in his grace and mercy will answer us in honesty. Verse 14 says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you, you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. And then he says, am I not sending you? Now listen to the mighty warrior's response. He says, pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Massai, and I am the least in my family. Gideon's going, do you realize who I am? And in some ways, do you realize who I am not, God? You know this. Uh, have you met my family? <laughs> hey, I, I, we're, we're backward folk. You know, we have nothing, came from nothing. And, and on top of that, I'm the, I'm the youngest in the family. I'm the run of the litter, and you want me to do what? Are you kidding me? Mighty warrior? Really? Can I remind us of this so you can put this thought down? Is this in God's belief of us? Is this our identity is not in who we are not? Our identity is not in who we are not. And you're like, that is like a double negative in English, okay? You'll remember it here, okay? It's, it, it, it's you know, I know that one of the characteristics as a Christian is that we are to be humble, Right? We are to live humble lives. But I think in the sense of, for sake of being humble, we can make an excuse of not taking ownership of our life. I think what, what happens along the lines is we make excuses for taking responsibility in our lives. And it kind of kind of sound like this. To, we kind of wheeze our way out of things that maybe we're called to do and step into the, the mighty warrior mentality to have. We, we say things like this, you know, I, I'm terrible with directions. I'm not a morning person. 
I'm bad at remembering people's names. I'm always late. I'm not good with technology. I suck at math. Okay, we, we use those, we say these excuses that, that maybe are not that big a deal, but what happens, they can become much deeper. They're, I am not this way, and therefore I'm, I'm excusing myself from anything, not only taking responsibility for my life and health and everything that goes and my spiritual walk with the Lord and following him, but I'm also missing God's calling because I'm stuck in a wine press hiding, hoping this whole thing will change. Does anybody feel that way lately? Hoping it all will change and not rising up saying no, being proactive to what God has called me in the season we're in because we make excuses. And where do they come from? Our, our negative experiences are where they come from. The words that are spoken over us, the things, the identity, that, the names and labels that were spoken upon us have so much to do with that. The voices of the past. Well-meaning sometimes. I remember my, my mom and she's passed on and there's so much she's invested in me. So there's little things along the way that kind of hang me up a little bit. But she, I, I remember in school or just kind of like late elementary, early my feet grew bigger than my body for a while. Like, I just kept on, like, I had a size 12 in fifth grade, okay? It was just like, I think I can professionally do barefoot skiing or something with it. But my body wasn't catching up, and I was tripping. And she goes, she goes, um, well, you're, you're, you know, my, and then I heard her talk about something. Well, my son's kind of awkward. I'm like, oh, you know, like, my feet, I just didn't grow into my feet quite yet, okay? And I use that as a little example. There's, there's more hurtful things that have been said to me. I remember when I was a youth pastor, and we, were, we had a camp, and, and uh, we're with a group, uh, you know, and you kind of, you know, you get together with your friends, you're bantering one another, and I was trying to be funny, and maybe it wasn't that funny, but one of the youth pastor wives says, you know, she says to her, you know, Dan, you're not, you're not very naturally funny. <laughs> oh, man, right? And, 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 I, and I realized that sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes you, you try to, when you try to tell a joke, it doesn't go after, but I'm, I'm accidentally funny. Is, I think that's naturally funny, right? Accidentally. But but what happens along the way is it's like, it kind of hit me a little bit. And, and I find myself backing away, shrinking away in our insecurities. And let's just make sure when someone puts you down, it's almost we got to be told of this and we've been working with students this fall. We get, but we got to hear it at whatever age is when someone's putting you down or someone's bullying you, they're just trying to bring you down to their level because they're also dealing with their own insecurity. Don't we need to hear that at 12 and 60 years old, right? And, and yet what happens is when we get into this belief and lose confidence ourselves, it really sabotages the new plans and change in our life. We revert back to our old identity rather than the new identity it comes, in, it comes with Christ and who we are. We have to start believing our, our true belief in who we are, not where we're not. Which leads to this, to be reminded over and over of this, it's not who you think you are, who others think you are, it's who God says you are and who you are becoming. That's a long statement, but it, there's progression. Once you know who God is, once you know who you are, God says you are, not others say you are, you, you think you are, then it leads to what you are becoming. What did God say to Gideon? Greetings, mighty warrior. Do you think he believed that right away? Well, we got evidence that that's not the case. He had excuses along the way. In fact, there's something we'll look at here in a moment that he did not believing it. See, if you're follower of Jesus, we need to be reminded over and over and over again, you are not a whip, you are a wimp, you are a warrior. And who our true identity? Our true identity, how do we have our true identity? Our identity was purchased. 
your new identity. I don't know if anybody's trying to get a fake ID. Don't raise your hand on that one. Or, you know, fake, I was, I'm reading a book about, or watching a show about somebody getting fake passports and doing all that. I'm telling you, your true identity, your true comes through what Jesus did for us. I love what Paul says a chapter before when he's going, I don't know what I do, what I keep on doing. He says before that in Romans 6, he says, we know that our old selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin for when we were died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Now you are free from your slavery to sin and you become slaves to righteous living. Where we were, we were slaves to sin. What we were, we were in bondage before Christ. Who we are in Jesus, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and, and, and changed you from the inside out, this is a work that he's moving you from your old identity to your new identity. That's who we are in Jesus. We are this way because we belong to Jesus. We are his property. Success of having sustainable habits are only temporary until we become a part of who we are, or until they become a part of who we are. But we first have to identify who we are and who, who then we're going to become. Uh, one way in a practical level is to think of it this way. The goal for you might be that you go, man, I'm going to read this book. Well, the goal needs to be beyond reading a book. The goal is to be a reader. The goal is not running a marathon, it's to become a runner. The goal is not just losing weight, it's becoming healthy. It's who you're becoming. Whatever you're trying to shake the bad habit, it's short term until you get to the belief. Going, I, I, I'm going to try to be a better Christian. No, don't try to be a better Christian. We talked about last week. It's training toward who you are to become. Moving from this wimp mentality to this warrior mentality. It's a process that we go through. It doesn't happen over night. In fact, we're going to look at that here in the moment. It took Gideon two nights. It's not just something, you know, when you think about habits, it's not just trying to do something. It's, it's, I'm sorry, it's not just trying something, it's becoming someone. See, finally is this, when you know who you are, you will know what to do and who is with you. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do and who's with you. Our identity, again, doesn't happen overnight. Forgetting it was two nights. And so he, I don't know if you've heard this. I'm sure you maybe, I don't know if you use this phrase, hear people say like, you know, I'm just, you know, with a hard decision, I'm going to put out a fleece. Well, that came probably from Gideon. Gideon literally put out a fleece and deciding, and I don't know about you, but if an angel of God speaks to me, like reveals himself to me, I'm good. I don't need any other confirmation. But Gideon, uh, you know, he needed a little bit more help. Like, oh, is that really, God, are you really speaking to me? Are you really wanting me to do this? And God's going, yeah, I'm speaking. I was like, well, God, could we do this? Could, could I like, I want to put out this piece of wool fleece out on the, out on the lawn. And, and, and what I want to do, like the first night, this is what I want to do. It's like, what I want to do is like, if I wake up in the morning and there's dew on the fleece, but not on the ground, I'll know, Lord, you're with me. And God's going, I'll play along. Getting wakes up in the morning, there's dew on the fleece, not on the ground. God revealed himself. And Gideon's like, that was good. Can we try it one more night? Can we just do one more? And like, this time, God. So like, I think it'd be great. It's like, the dew, check this out. The dew would be on the fleece and not on the ground. Is that how it goes? Reverse. You, you wanted to reverse. Do on the ground and not on the fleece. 
And God go, plays along. He goes, we'll do that. And then finally, he's like, okay, you're, you're, I'm hearing you. I, why does God do this? I don't think none of you are like, oh, I never do that. Silly. But you bargain with God all the time, don't you? God, I'll do this. I'll do this. If you do this, Lord, if you, if, if you're, if you want me to talk to that person, they're going to come down the aisle. I'm going to avoid them in the aisle in the grocery. But if they come that way, and guess what happens? They come that way. And what'd you do? You avoided them again, didn't you? right? God wants to reveal himself, and he'll play along. Why? Because God is the one that's developing. He's not going to answer every beck and call, but he's at work in our lives. There's a process of development that's happening little by bit, day by day, being who you claim to be. And for Gideon, this confidence of building that led to victory. And you can read through Judges chapter 7. It's a great story. We won't take the time to do that. But God's saying, okay, I'm sending you out. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He takes this army, and he's got like 20,000. And God says, that's too big. But God, there's like 100,000 of them. No, we're gonna, you got too many, too many, too many. He gets down to 300. Oh, by the way, you're not going to need any of those weapons. You're going to take, take some jars, and you're going to take some trumpets, and you're going to blow the trumpet, and you're going to break the jars, and you're just shout. That's how you're going to defeat everybody. It's like, really? But that's what happens. It all the doing happened when Gideon realized who he was and what God, God was calling him to do. And, and I don't know if, if you're preparing for a physical battle. If you are, let's pray about that or if you're ready to fight somebody. But the reality is our battle, our battle is unseen, isn't it? Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is for the hearts and minds of everyone around us. And so I want to remind us of our warrior identity with this practice this week, that each day you would speak truth over who you are in Christ. You would speak truth over who you are in Christ. On the back table, we've got a resource that you, you can read, and it has 90 statements. I had to blow it up because I couldn't, I couldn't read them all. 90 statements are, I need glasses. You're going to get 90, 90 statements describing who I am in Christ. I'm not going to read 90 of them. You can this week. In fact, you can go online on, on our website under grow. You can click on this resource. This PDF has it. It says this, I'm, I've been healed. I'm the salt of the earth. I'm the light of the world. I'm commissioned to, to, to make disciples. I'm a child of God. I'm, I have eternal life. Uh, I ha, I'm, I'm a peacemaker. I'm clean. I'm Christ's friend. I, I've been justified. I am free from sin. I am joint heir with Christ. I have, I, I'm more than conqueror through him who loved me. I'm sanctified. I'm a I, I, I have been given the mind of Christ. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm called. I'm a member of Christ's body. And you read through these and maybe just take a couple each day and remind us of who, remind us of who we are. That we are, we have a warrior spirit. And the war that we're fighting is, is not the war here. It's the war in the heavenlies. And that, that God has called us to move into this place of first discovering who you are. So I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what you're going through and your difficulty, but you're not who people say you are. You're not who you think you are. It's who Christ says you are and the price he paid for you to be who you are in him and who you are becoming. And it's in that place, it's in that place when to start believing that that our lives can begin to change and we move from one identity of our old to the new identity we have in him. Chris, you can come as we go to prayer. I was just thinking about identity this week and I, I came across an old, uh, something happened probably 20 years ago. My, my brother-in-law West was a youth pastor working with some students in Paulsbo, Washington and he had a 
kind of a, a prayer time with the youth and actually with some young adults who were there and this, 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 this kid came up, oh, probably about 21, 22 years old, young adult. And, and he says, he went up to Wes and says, I, I'm wicked. I am wicked. And, and Wes is like, no, you don't, you know, that's, that doesn't, that's not who you are. You, you, you can, in Christ, you're, God can change you and transform you and you're, you don't have to be that way. He goes, no, I'm wicked and opens up his shirt and tattooed across his chest was wicked. Well, Wes was able, in just the moment God gave him, says, listen, you might have wicked across your, you know, tattooed across your chest, but, but Jesus has forgiven all across your heart through his blood. And I want to tell you the same thing for you and I. I don't care what labels you have on your body tattooed. I don't care. God doesn't care what people have said who you are. It doesn't, it, and I think when it comes to habits, what happens is we get in this defeating mentality that leads us like, no, I'm just going to be this way. We look our, down ourselves so much and it leads us down the wrong path. It's always the who before the do. You're not going to be able to do it without knowing who you are and walking in that true identity. It starts with belief. Belief about God and who he says he is and who what he says he is to you and who you are, that you believe that and you start walking in the person he's called you to be and the one you are becoming. You might go on, I don't feel like a mighty warrior. Well, not yet, but let's take habits and moving toward that identity. And God opens up these opportunities and these victories along the way. It's one step at a time. Dominoes, one after another, will fall to the place of like, this is who, this is who I am. And this is who I will become one day. It starts with belief. Will you pray with me? Let's take a moment. Because I think we all do this, and I do this included, and I'm going to throw myself in this prayer. Because I, when I say I have a sinning problem, I also have a worry problem. I also have a, a negative thinking of myself problem. I also put myself down in my mentality. Uh, I'm the second best. I'm, 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 I'm B-rated. I'm not that great enough problem. I also have an issue where I look at my life, but I'm not like them problem. I wonder if you do too. I wonder if you could say this identity that you identify yourself, that you're, you, you, you think you are, can, can you take a moment and just tell yourself, no, that's not, that's not who I am. My identity through Christ is I'm a free person. I'm at my identity in Christ, I, I'm a friend of Jesus. I, my identity in Christ is that 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 I'm forgiven and and that I'm clean and I, I have hope and and the 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 identity of believing who you are. What is God saying to you? Who who is He telling you who you are right now specifically? Because I have a feeling it's going to match up to who you're saying you're not. I'm not good enough. No, you are more than enough through Christ and what He's given you. You're more than a conqueror. I don't have what it takes. No, you have the spirit of God in you to, to give you all the strength through him who gives you strength. It's through spirit doing that. I don't even really have any hope in the future. I don't know why God. No, he is our hope. He is our future. He's the God of all hope in you and through you. So this combat, take a moment to say, God, I, I see myself this way. I know it's not true. I, this is who you are in me. Let's just practice that. One little step of practice that. and this Because this is what we're going to do every day. Let's do this every day this week.
This is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. Lord, that we really, in not a facetious way, Lord, that we really could look in the mirror each day going, I'm not a wimp. I'm a warrior in you. I'm, I'm, I'm not beat. I, I, I'm a conqueror. I, I'm not... I, I, I'm not who I was. I am who I am in you and who you, Lord, you're, you're helping me become. And so Lord, help me with that. And, and Lord, help me put some habits in place to be the person you've called me to be. This is what a free person does. This is what a, this is what a conqueror does. This is what, this is what a healthy person does. Lord, help us, Lord, to do that. Give us, give us the, give us the, the awareness of it. Again, there's a whole, there's a whole, there's a, there's the, the devil's a bully and he'll come along and want to keep us in the wine press, want to keep us in fear and hiding. And that's not our identity. Our identity is this warrior in you. And may we be reminded of that each day of who we are in you, that belief in you and the belief in who you say we are in you and what you've called us to do and actually live out that calling out of that new identity. Lord, help us to do that this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.